All right, here we go. Episode 70 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. I am so ready for this episode. Sam, I hope you're ready too, because I'm ready to bring it. Uh, take two for the people at home. Let's get it. Yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> um, first of all, we hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving was just a couple days ago. It was last week, and I had a phenomenal Thanksgiving. I got to spend it over at my girlfriend's house. For anybody who lives in the Sacramento, Roseville, Folsom, Rockland, sort of any of those districts, if you know Karen's Bakery, uh, Karen is her aunt. So we went over to her house, and she and her husband cooked a phenomenal Thanksgiving dinner, by far the best I've ever had. Uh, and it wasn't even... You're actually just going to put your mom on blast like that? No, I totally told her, and she was fine with it. Uh, oh, Jen, my mom I, does... I'm sorry, Jen. My mom doesn't make a lot of Thanksgiving dinners. Like Thanksgiving is not really a thing. Well, I mean, it is a thing for us, but it's not um, as heavily celebrated as uh, as the other holidays. Um, so she was she was totally fine with it. She was totally fine with it. And I I will go on record and say my favorite dish ever to eat is my mom's tri-tip. There's nothing that even comes even ridiculously close for Oof. me. Um so she's got that, but I'm sorry. Uh, Karen and her husband made by far the best Thanksgiving dinner I've ever had. It I was... bet. Um, I bet Jenna's dad's tri tip is better than. Ooh, we should get we should get Jenna's dad's tri tip, your mom's tri tip, and uh, my stepdad's tri tip. Put up all and do a blindfold test and rate them. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, just, I, well, we'll the, set that up. Well, the thing is, is that like I would know which one my mom's is. I I don't know, man. No, I definitely would. Um, but I had a great Thanksgiving, Sam. What did you guys do for, for the giving of thanks? Um, I was at my dad's this year. My stepmom made, oh, my gosh. We had uh, green beans with covered with some sauce. I don't even remember. But they, they she paired it with, like, little bacon bits. Isn't it, like, oh. green bean casserole? Is that what they no, the green no, bean casserole? It's just, it just green beans alone, like, in a in a pan, but then with bacon bits around it. So you get, like, bites of bacon with the green beans. Uh, mashed potatoes, of course. She made a, but she made like two gallons worth of gravy <laughs> that we barely even <laughs> went through. Uh, we had light and dark turkey. Um, we had ham. Oh my dude, this ham! I think I it made me go back to my childhood. <laughs> like in the scene in Ratatouille when he eats the the final dish and he like it makes him go to a happy time in his life. That's yeah. what I was feeling when I was eating this ham. Yikes. Oh, my God. It was so good. But I just That's ate good. too much, man. <laughs> but is it really eating too much? Like, it's it's one of those days where, I ate like... so much that day. We ate at, I think we ate close to, like, 3.30. We ate super early. So then everyone left our house by 6. And it felt like it was 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> I was... Out for the count. <laughs> oh man, what am I? Well, you know, it's, I mean, it's just it's just that holiday, you know. And I one of my one of my favorite jokes from uh, one of my favorite comedians is he's talking about like the Fourth of July and like because he's he a lot of his jokes are about food and one of his jokes was like well and it was pertaining towards the Fourth of July and he was talking about he was like well I wouldn't normally have a a burger a bratwurst and a steak but. It is 4th of July. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like Thanksgiving. It's like, well, yeah, I wouldn't probably normally have, you know, turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, apple pie, and rolls. But, you know, it is Thanksgiving, so. 
Well, it it sucks because I'm going to these fitness MD classes, which are created by Satan and run by the devil's angels. So mm. it's like we're just I got blisters all throughout my feet, can barely lift up my arms, but I'm not getting any results because I'm just <laughs> eating so much. Like I've had a Thanksgiving meal the last probably five days since Thanksgiving because we just have so much leftovers. Right. It's a six, six cycle. <laughs> <laughs> also, how can oh. you be a vegan on Thanksgiving? Uh, it's challenging, but her uncle, Bree's uncle made vegan mashed potatoes and we had this salad for her and, uh, yeah, she's able to make it work. She's just missing out on so much. Mm-hmm. Well, she's only, she hasn't been vegan. She's only been vegan for like, what, seven months now? Six, seven months? I think it's getting close to six, six now, uh, maybe more than that. So it's not like she's been vegan her whole life. So she definitely knows. In this um, crazy year of 2020, what what are you thankful for, Jason? Since we didn't get a chance, we should have really done this last episode, but it's all right. Um, wow, you're really throwing me on the spot here. In the sports world and real life. In the sports world, I'm just thankful that we have sports right now. I think it's amazing that we've been able to to be, to get to the finish line with the NBA and the MLB and it seems like we're going to be able to probably get to the finish line with the NFL. So it's just nice to be able to have sports. Um and I guess right now just in the real world I guess I'm thankful that minus minus I like one or two isolated incidents where a couple of my family members had uh the virus. I'm just glad that it appears that my family has been able to uh, avoid any uh, serious cases of the virus, which is just nice. And I am obviously, I'm, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to everybody who has been heavily affected by the virus. I'm just thankful that my family's been able to avoid uh, any big, big wave. Knock on hardwood as I say that. So <laughs> good, man. But, uh, you know, now it's your turn, so you can't... I, I'm really surprised that you didn't say you're thankful for how well the Raiders are playing. I guess that's just recency bias, right? Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that shit later. <laughs> oh, um, my God. I'm thankful for... Uh, um, well, I mean, like, like legitimate friends and family. I mean, my family's been awesome this year with everything... Uh, Letting me stay here, being totally understanding. I'm just freeloading off of them at this point. It's really embarrassing, but um, uh, I'm all obviously thankful for my friends like you, and that's pretty much it. Um, not not Ben. Not thankful for Ben. Um, he's awful. Um, I'm thankful for uh, for my girlfriend, of course. She's lovely. She knows she's the best. Uh, we actually just spent the whole day together. With, uh, yeah. with you and your girlfriend, and that was awful. But um, yeah, I'm just nothing in the sports world really to be thankful for. I guess it's cool to see sports, but all my teams are awful. Well, I don't know why you're saying it's awful to hang out with us. You guys were the ones who were dragging behind a little bit. So, is that what you think? <laughs> is that no. is that what you guys said? But... you guys talking? You talk you talk some hike smack? No, but you know. I'm just saying that Bree and I could have hiked for like 10, 15 miles, and you guys exnate that like right off the bat. So, yeah, we don't need, just saying. We don't need to get out of that. 
<laughs> oh, by the way, I need to I need to make a uh, public congratulations. I was wondering if you were going to do it, so I'm going to throw you a bit under the bus here. Okay. Um, so I apologize for that. Uh, but your girlfriend actually, and I know it was not her top school, but she got accepted into grad school. Oh well, I don't know how uh, much she was making that public, but yeah. Well, it's kind of I mean, an invasion of privacy, Jason. It's not an invasion of privacy. I'm not going to say what school. I'm not going to say which one it was. She just got accepted into a grad school, and I feel like that's something that I can congratulate her. You know what? Her. Round of applause. Round of applause. Nice job, Jenna. I won't tell them where. I won't tell them what your top school is. I won't say any of that. I'm just going to let them know that you got accepted. So congratulations. I know I said that to you uh, in person, but there, we made it public. So We're proud you're of you, welcome. Jenna. The, the Nothing to Say podcast is proud of you. Yes, we are. She's going to be so happy. Are. I'm going to get a text as soon as she listens to this. She lo- she loves when we talk about her. I know. Yeah. It's like her favorite thing ever. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, I'm going to hit you guys with a couple fast facts from this weekend as we transition to sports. We'll start with a Thanksgiving one. This was the first time in the history of the NFL – that every single team that was playing on Thanksgiving, and this is before the Ravens, I mean, this is after the Ravens and Steelers game got canceled. So it was just the Texans, the Lions, the Cowboys, and the Washington football team. This is the first time in NFL history where every single team playing on Thanksgiving had a losing record. Huh. So there is your fast facts for the Thanksgiving day games that were taking place. Now, I'll transition to the Steelers and Ravens game, since it has yet to be played. It will be played on Wednesday. The only other Wednesday game to be played in the last 72 years was the Cowboys and the Giants. The Cowboys won 24-17. was played on September 5th in 2012. It's the only other, the only other Wednesday game to be played in the last 72 years. Huh. And then I got another one for you. We all know what happened, or at least if you don't know, then we will catch you up with what happened with the Denver Broncos quarterback room this weekend. Kendall Kendall Hinton stepped in. Kendall Hinton, who was who? high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who was a practice squad wide receiver who played quarterback in high school. And I think just a little bit in college, just a little bit. Stepped in for the Denver Broncos this weekend to play against the New Orleans Saints. This, this right here, the Broncos were the first team to go an entire first half without a completion since. Sam, do you have any guess as to who the other team was and what the other quarterback? This will be trivia and a fastback. Can I get? um, Can I ask? Can I ask a single question? One question. Can I get the time period at which this happened? 2011. 2011? Um, yes. First team to go an entire first half without a completion since who? So I got some things. The, my immediate thing was Tim Tebow's Broncos because I know they weren't very good at passing except for late. But it also could be like a really bad team like the Cleveland Browns or Detroit. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Denver. Denver and Tim Tebow? Yeah. You would be correct. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Denver and Tim Tebow was the last time. Why am I so happy? The last time. Look at that. 
Look at that. It is the first team to go an entire first half without a completion since 2011 when Tim Tebow did it with the Broncos. I got another Dude, I, NFL oh trivia question for I you. I know. You crushed that. <laughs> you crushed that. Um, so there have only been two quarterbacks with 3,000-plus yards over their first 10 career starts. Justin Herbert is one of them. Do you know who the other quarterback is? Wait, wait. 3,000 in their first 10? Yeah, over their first 10 career starts. Um, I mean, Mahomes? Boom! He nailed it again. He's two for two. Okay. Just keep on coming, man. He is two for two. If you want one more, I can give you one more. And for everybody listening, I can give you one more trivia question. Yeah, yeah. Get, hit, one more trivia question. All right. So this um, this weekend, we had Gordon Hayward, who signed a $30 million contract. $30 million years, per year dollar contract. Four years, 120. Yeah. There are only two other players in NBA history to sign multiple – $30 million a year contracts. Do you know who those other two players are? Um, LeBron and Steph. You got one of them. It was LeBron and Durant. Durant? The only other player. I guess, he I did. I think and he got that much with Golden State. The outlier is Gordon Hayward, so good for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good for him. And then I got one more just little fast fact for you. Last night was... The Seattle Seahawks, right? Yeah. Versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Game ended 23 to 17. Seahawks win. Now, David Moore, wide receiver mm-hmm. for the Seattle Seahawks, had a very interesting stat line. So I'll give this to you. He had three receptions, one touchdown, negative six yards. What? I, I don't know how in the world you have that stat line. But it is true. He had three receptions and one touchdown for negative six yards. It's because they were they were that play calling was so weird by Seattle. They would run um, just quick quick uh, screen passes to David Moore, and he would just get like mm-hmm. Philly would be all over it. It was it was a good showing by the Philadelphia Eagles defense. If we're talking about that game right now, yeah, uh, we can talk about it right now. We can just get into the entire. We can sort of go game by game if you'd yeah, like. Yeah, quick, quick about it. Uh, Seattle's defense played really well against a uh, a bad Philadelphia Eagle. I mean, the Eagles couldn't even get down the couldn't even get a first down in the first half. It seemed. And oh no, the first quarter was so ugly. Yeah, I think Carson Wentz got to be done, dude. Yeah, they were even going to Jalen Hurts more this game. Yeah, he was, uh, man, well, I mean, he came in for, he had one completion. He only threw once. He was one for one for six yards. Um, but, man, that first quarter, that first quarter. So, the the Eagles opening drive. I don't know. Did you watch the beginning of that game? I, I don't think I caught their opening drive. Their opening drive, right? So, it's first and ten on, like, the 19-yard right. line or something. Seattle uh, commits a penalty. So, now it's first and five. Now it's first and five. And Carson drops back, and it was a dropped pass, the first one. Second one, it was another drop back. He just total missed. He had he had his wide receiver open, missed. And then the next play, it was another drop pass. So 
with the penalty, it was first and five, and then they had to punt at fourth and five. Wow. And then the, and then the next drive, they came out and basically did the same thing. They looked so bad. They just looked horrific. It, I don't know if it's just Carson Wentz, but, man, it did not look pretty at it, all last it night. It looked like the, the play calling, at least early, was to get Carson – uh, some quick completions, get his confidence up, get that offense rolling a little bit. And Seattle, to their credit, did a great job shutting down Philadelphia's run game. I mean, Miles Sanders had mm-hmm. limited impact in the game. I think Carson Wentz was probably the leading rusher of Philadelphia. I don't know. I don't have the steps up. I can fact check that for Please. you. Yeah, he was. 42 yards. Um, it, it just seems like Carson Wentz, the, the, arm t- the talent is there. Everyone can see the talent. It just looks like he's lost so much confidence in his ability to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think he needs to. He definitely needs to change the scenery. I think I still, still think Indianapolis is a good fit. I do too. I do too. I won't. I won't disagree with that. Um, I, I really do think that that would be a an interesting an interesting match. Um, and a good place for him, too, with a good offensive line, a really good defense, some good weapons around him. I think I think that would be an ideal spot for, for Carson as well. I'm all in on that. And if, if that ends up happening, then we can come on this show and say, Sam, you called it. You were the first one to ever. And it's going to be cheap, too. Yeah, I don't think it would be super expensive. He's really doing a lot of teams' <laughs> nice favors right now. Yeah, he is. Um. So let's get into the other games this weekend. By the way, Sam won with picks. Um, it is now five to seven. Um, and I would like to amend one of my picks because I would have changed my pick had I have known that the Colts were missing like three or four interior defensive players. Um, but it, they, I thought they got announced after. They got announced after we did our podcast, though. Yeah, it was after. So what I'm saying is, is that I wouldn't have picked them had I have known that going into I was it. Gonna, but it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I was going to text you. Uh, I was after Lamar got. Uh, didn't he get? He got a positive result. I think. I know he's he's just out though because of COVID. Yeah. Um, I was going to text yeah. you to be like, can I pick the? Uh, can I pick the Steelers instead of the Ravens now? <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't matter because yeah. you had the Titans winning, you had the Niners winning, you had the Patriots winning, and you had Washington winning, and they all you know won. Was... Wait, did you say the Patriots? Yeah. Oh, I thought I didn't pick them. Um, if I didn't pick the the Niners this week, they actually won. Oh, yeah. that would have been bad. I'm a fake fan. I'm a plastic <laughs> fan. Oh, man. Anyway, so it is now five to seven. Five to seven, Sam is up. This is a drastic difference from last year when I just was – I was far and away running away with it, it right now. It can only be in 2020. It can only be in 2020. So let's keep it moving with some 2020 scores. We got the Texans beating the Lions on Thanksgiving 41-25. to Washington throttled the Cowboys 41-16. to The Titans ran all over the Colts 45-26. to The Bills beat the Chargers 27-17. to Vikings beat the Panthers 28 to 27. The Browns hang on to beat the Jaguars 27 to 25. Here's a little fast fact for you. The Browns are 8 and 3. That's it. <laughs> the Giants beat the Bengals 19 to 17. The Patriots hang on to beat the Cardinals 20 to 17. The Dolphins beat the Jets 20 to 3. The Falcons beat the Raiders. Okay, anyway, um 
We don't have to talk about the Falcons Raiders game because that game shouldn't have been played. <laughs> uh, the Saints beat the Broncos 31-3. The 49ers beat the Rams 23-20. Packers humiliated the Bears 41-25. The Chiefs beat the Buccaneers 27-24. And the Seahawks beat the Eagles 23-17. The Ravens and the Steelers, at least from the filming of this podcast, Tuesday morning, December 1st, the game is going to be played tomorrow. So we won't know the outcome of that game until next yeah, let's, Can we touch on that really quick? Because they play Wednesday, yeah. and the Steelers play on Sunday of next week. With yeah. Baltimore playing on Monday. I think their game got pushed to the Monday game. Uh, the Steelers are also playing Monday. Oh, they moved that one too? Yeah, the Steelers are playing Monday at 2 the Bills and the 49ers in the Monday night game, and the Ravens are being pushed to Tuesday against the Cowboys. Ravens, Cowboys, and who are the Steelers playing? Washington. Mm, that that might yeah. be a prime time because I'm assuming that they're going to beat the Ravens this week. I mean, I mean, that's a big yeah. upset alert right there. Your Could boy, be. Boy, Could be. Washington's playing well. Pick Washington. Hmm, that's just kind of dumb, but okay. I got two two weeks to play with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the first game that we should talk about, and I think we can just talk about like just a handful of them because I don't. I mean, it was it was a good weekend in football, but I don't think it was, it was super straight, surprising. Um, the Tennessee Titans beat the Colts forty-five to twenty-six. Derrick Henry. Now he could have run for like seven hundred yards if they really like. Needed, well, him thanks, to, but they didn't. The field, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it was twenty-seven carries, hundred seventy-eight yards, three touchdowns. Now, take for uh, like, you know, we can take a step back and go. Yeah, the Colts defense was missing a lot, a lot of their interior pieces. But man, the Titans. The thing about the Titans is that I heard a lot this week, and just from watching a little bit of the game. Their defense was the question mark of the team, at least at the beginning of the season. Their defense was giving up a lot of points. Um, and they're starting to play really well. And I heard somebody this week uh, on ESPN say that they believe that the Tennessee Titans right now are the biggest threat to the Chiefs and the Steelers in the AFC. And I think I agree with that. What was the, what was because, the score of the Titans-Steelers game? Way back when? The Titans-Steelers game? I believe that one was – yeah, it was 27-24. to 24. I think that was one on a uh, – no, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a field goal. But, yeah, it was 27-24. Okay. Um, but I think I agree. I think I agree because – just because of how prolific their run game is and – that run game obviously opens up a lot of play action for Ryan Tannehill to sit back and just make some easy completions. If their defense starts continues, I shouldn't say starts continues to play as well as it has, um, they're going to they're going to be really tough to beat in the playoffs because they're going to be one of those teams that you know you you hear the old the old thing about beating Patrick Mahomes. If you want to beat Patrick Mahomes, you got to keep him on the sideline. Well, the Titans can do that because they can just run, 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 and run. And if their defense can make enough plays, just timely plays more than anything, to prevent giving up 35 points per game, if they can keep teams to 21, 24 points per game, they're going to be really, really hard to beat. Because Ryan, T- one thing about Ryan Tannehill, 
And then he doesn't turn the ball over. So you're not going to see Ryan Tannehill flinging it downfield for, you know, 500 yards is one thing. But you're also not going to see him throwing two interceptions per game. Most of the time it's going to be none. Right. So they're not going to give you the ball. They have a lot of good uh, pieces on offense. A.J. Brown has turned into a really, really good – I mean, he always has been, but he's a really good wide receiver. So is Corey Davis. Um, it, they've been playing really, really well. And I, and I think I do agree that the Titans right now are probably the biggest threat just because of the way that they, they have play. They have wins against the Colts now, Ravens, and Bills. Mm-hmm. With good showings against the Steelers, they just got. I don't know. I think they're. Hmm. That defense that you're talking about. It was was it without Jadavion Clowney this week? Because I know he's missed some time. Mm. Let me take a look. Uh, it looks like, yeah, I don't see his name on there. So yeah. yeah, that's a big, that's a big piece. If he, if he's able to come back for the playoff time, that's a, a huge advantage for them. I don't see them matching up well against KC. I think KC is just too explosive on offense. Like if you only give Patrick Mahomes twenty five minutes in a game, he's still going to put up thirty five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which does not play well for the Titans. I think the Titans match up really well against the Steelers. Uh, let's see how well Derrick Henry ran against the Steelers. Nope, no. I don't. Well, to your to what you're saying, I don't think any team necessarily matches up super well with the Chiefs. I think the Steelers, the Steelers Henry... do, because they have that pass rush that might mm. be able to neutralize Mahomes a little bit more, and they have their offense so underrated for a team that's ten and yeah. out. They have. Weapons out of the wazoo. Yeah, they really. They do, have actually. they have four deep in wide receivers with Connor and uh, Benny Snell coming out of the backfield, and a good mm-hmm. O line with a competent quarterback. That the the fact that Big Ben is the limiting factor of that offense just says so much about their talent. Mm-hmm. I think I think they they are the biggest threat to KC, and it depends what you buy with the Bills. I think the Bills are scary because they can just explode for points. We've seen it this year. Yeah, they could. They can put up like 900 points. I'd, I'd put them and the Titans somewhere in this. And then, I mean, the, we can't even really distinguish the Titans over the Colts at this point either because they've played – they've each blown each other out. Yeah. So really, I don't. I, I maybe I'm not buying um, the Titans as the biggest threat, but I, I see they're definitely dangerous for sure. The Bills are going to be in two primetime games back uh, back to back weeks. On Monday they play the 49ers. They're the primetime game, and then the next week after that they play the Steelers. Sunday night Oof. football, Bills Steelers. That's going to be an awesome. It's going to be a very telling game. Yeah, to see for both mm-hmm. teams. For both teams. Um. Again, with this weekend, you know, you look at the scores and there's a lot of, yeah, that should have happened kind of games. Like, there weren't a ton of surprises. I'd say the one thing coming out of the New York Giants-Cincinnati Bengals game is that Daniel Jones is, might be, I don't want to say is, might be injured and might have to miss some time. Um, 
if the Giants and Daniel Jones are healthy, they're they might be the best team in that division. Maybe um, they have a really good defense, and I don't, I don't know. Washington, I think, has a better offense, but the Giants have a better defense. And as long as Daniel Jones isn't turning the ball over, I think they can win that division. Um, but if Daniel Jones is going to be out, then it's going to be tough with Colt McCoy. Um, so th- there was that storyline coming out of that game. Um, we had the Patriots Cardinals game, which I guess, I guess minus the Raiders and the Falcons game, and maybe even the 49ers Rams game was probably the, the, I don't know. It was a pretty, well, ugly, it was a pretty ugly the, game. It was ugly, but would you say it was like a, an upset? Oh, cause I, sure. I would say it is an upset. Oh, for sure. I would say it's an upset. Definitely. But the Patriots are one of those teams where like they've beaten really good teams, but they've also lost a really bad team. So it was one of those, I don't know. It's just one of those games where like you got a better New England Patriots team. You got a terrible Cam Newton, <laughs> but a better Patriots. I don't team. know how they won that game. Well, thank James White because he scored the two touchdowns. Yeah, I guess. I mean they they know ex- the New England knows exactly what they are for sure yeah. down to a T. Are we are we overrating Kyler Murray a little bit? I don't know. I think every time you go up against the New England Patriots, you know Bill Belichick's going to take away your best player, and Kyler Murray is their best player, along with DeAndre Hopkins. So just to give you an idea, Kyler was 23 for 34 for 170 and one interception, and Hopkins was 5 for 55. He had five receptions for 55 yards. They neutralized Kyler Murray and um, – DeAndre Hopkins. And when I mean neutralized, they also neutralized his legs. He only ran the ball five times for 31 yards. That is very, very minimal for Kyler Murray. They kept him in the pocket. They made him throw. And Bill Belichick, I think the reason, honestly, Bill Belichick beat the Cardinals. Cam Newton didn't do it. Their offense didn't do it. Their defense and Bill Belichick is what beat the Cardinals. I don't know how their defense. We talked about it early in the before the year started, all the starters they lost from that defense a year ago, and they're still just as yeah. formidable. They've done this to Kyler, Lamar. Um, they've played well enough to beat Seattle early in the year. They did it to the Raiders earlier they did in the, the year. The Raiders in, a, in an ugly game, like a game where you're like, how is yeah. this team just scoring points? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, and then, but then on the flip side, they've had games against the Broncos where they lost 18-12. to 12. And then they lost to the Texans. And then they barely beat the Jets. And then they go to a shootout with Seattle. It'd be, it'd be, it would have been interesting to see um, this Patriots team in a normal year because they missed so much time with COVID. Um, yeah. It would have been very interesting to see how good they would have been. Maybe they would be 7-4. and four. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Saints keep on rolling with a win over Denver. Uh, Taysom Hill is just doing enough to keep New Orleans rolling, thirty-one to three. And to his credit, they've put up in both of his starts twenty. Uh, they've put up twenty-four points, and then they put up thirty-one. Um, so they're playing well. I don't know what they're going to look like once they come up against um a team in the playoffs that is going to really look to just neutralize Taysom Hill and his legs. I don't know if you can neutralize him and his legs, but um, 
it'll just I guess in the first two weeks of this Taysom Hill uh thing, it's worked out well. Yeah, I don't know if we can take a lot from we talked about this last week after his first start. It wasn't we weren't looking at this week. I think we were marking some harder game that's really because this game didn't force him to do anything out of the ordinary. Uh, so their next two games are the Falcons and the Eagles. Yeah, they have the Chiefs game. So that game will be very telling for this this Saints team to really ensure and establish them as the best team in the NFC. Yeah. Um. So I guess we can talk about the Raiders-Falcons game real quick. As my dad put it, it was the worst offensive performance ever put on an NFL tape ever Ooh. by a team. Um, six. That's, that's better than a shutout. I'll just say that uh, I think we lost four fumbles. There's four fumbles lost. Eric threw one interception. Um. I don't know why Josh Jacobs only touched the ball seven times. I don't understand that at all. I don't know why Booker only carried it for I only I don't know why he touched it five times. That didn't make any sense. Well, you guys sense were down by um, three I, scores. I understand that, but still that's not I I <laughs> still Josh Jacobs is your best offensive player and to not give I don't, I'm not even gonna give that <laughs> I I'm too I'm too frustrated about the game. I will say this though. It was going too well for the Raiders for something like this to not happen. And you want to know why I knew this was going to happen? I came on the podcast last week and I said, this is not a good matchup for the Raiders. It's not a good matchup because Atlanta's offense is very good. It's very good. They have a lot of offensive weapons uh, in terms of wide receivers. They have Calvin Ridley. They have Russell Gage. They actually didn't have Julio Jones in mm-hmm. this game. It didn't matter, though. Um and they actually didn't have um, good grief. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, yeah. He wasn't playing either. Regardless, though, they still have a lot of offensive weapons. Even though they were depleted, still, I still said it was a bad matchup for them. Just because Atlanta has uh, a pretty good offense. They can score. They can score. They're kind of like, um, I don't know. The Chargers, I thought, wasn't going to be an, an amazing matchup for the Raiders either. Um, they were able to pull that one out, but... I thought that if the Raiders were going to win this game, then it was going to be a score of like 42 to 35. That was what I thought the game was going to be. Um, But everything was going too well for the Raiders. And the reason why I say that was, I'll give you this weird parallel between this season and last season. So in 2019, heading into week 12, the Raiders were six and four. They were coming up. They played a game against the Jets. A game that, they should have won on paper. That would have pushed them to seven four in seven and four. Instead, they lose to the Jets thirty four to three. They got throttled. They got throttled. And then from that point forward, they went from six and four that week, losing to the Jets to six and five, and they finished seven and nine. That derailed their season. So coming into week twelve this season, guess what? The Raiders are six and four. And you know what? They're playing against a team that, on paper, they should beat. Even though I said it was a bad matchup, and I still believe that, obviously. It's 43-6. to six. Well, guess what? Again, like I said, they lost 43-6. to six. Weird parallel from this season and last season. So they're not going to make the playoffs. Now, the, Ra- the Raiders have a very easy schedule going forward, but this was supposed to be a part of that easy schedule. Mm-hmm. 
So it was one of those things where it was like, well, everything is going too well for the Raiders for uh, for something not to happen. And it just felt like this was the game. My dad said it. I didn't realize he was thinking the same thing, but when I came home and I was talking to him about it, he said he didn't feel good about this game coming into it either. Um, I don't know if it was just us, but we both felt like this was not going to be a good game for them. And somebody said uh, on ESPN earlier in the week, and I liked what he said. He was saying, it seemed like the Chiefs beat the Raiders twice. It just seemed like maybe the hangover from that tough loss against KC sort of loomed over them this week. And that might be true. Um, I didn't watch this game. I don't want to watch this game. I don't want to go back and just look at what happened. I don't care. I don't care. It was a bad game. It was I don't a want bad to set game. my eyes on this game. Yeah, I don't want to look at any of the plays. They Their social media page posted like a highlight from the How? game, and every single comment was just don't just don't post anything was it for two a week. Field goals? Like, we're forgetting this game. No, it was a rent. It was a Renfro play, which was, in, to his credit, a really nice play. But still, um, so we have something that we can talk about. Uh, we have some something that we can do this week that we haven't been able to do in a while. The Raiders lost and the 49ers won. So Sam, bask in your glory. Man, great, great win. For some reason, Kyle Shanahan has the Rams number. He is the Rams daddy. <laughs> it doesn't matter what QB you throw out there. I think, isn't he undefeated? He might have, like, one loss against the Rams, and the Rams have been a, they, a great like a great franchise the last three years. And they beat him earlier in the year as well, 24-16. Uh-huh. Uh, the defense, great. Robert Sala, we just need to give this man an applause. I really hope teams aren't taking notice and they scoop him up to be a head coach, i.e. the Chargers maybe or the Jets or something like that. He needs to stay in San Francisco. What he's doing with this team, it was great to see Sherman back. Guy hasn't played in almost 10 weeks. It was great to see him back. But what he's doing without the stud defensive line, he's just doing such a great job with the schemes that they're they're putting forth. I mean, they made Jared Goff look awful. And Jared Goff had just beaten Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Great job what they're doing. Uh, Kyle's not putting a lot on Nick Mullen's plate. That He's not really letting him uh, make mistakes. Their offense kind of stalled a little bit in this game, but that Rams defense we've talked about is really good. They got Raheem Mostert back. Debo Samuels, holy cow, that boy's good with the little football in his hands. Holy cow, dude. With Nick Mullen's throwing to him, he gets – 13 catches or 11 catches for 130? 11 catches for 133. Holy cow. Great, great team win. Uh, this makes me excited for next season. If they somehow squeak into the playoffs, who knows? I mean, to their credit, they're right there. They keep, they're, they're when ESPN the keeps it. putting up the playoffs, they keep being in the, in the hunt. They're only... They're right in the thick of it. They're a game behind Arizona. Uh, They are, yeah. They're one game behind. Hey, who knows? And weird stat about the 49ers. Nick Mullins is the leader in franchise history for the San Francisco in yards per game. (laughs) Kind of weird. 
Yeah, weird stats Pretty for all the great quarterbacks size, the 49ers yeah. have had. Yeah, for sure. It's a very small sample size, but it's just an interesting little tidbit of information. Um, and then I say the last game that really to talk about uh, of note was probably the best game of the weekend in the Chiefs and the Bucks. The Chiefs win 27 to 24. Patrick Mahomes, 37 for 49, 462 yards, three touchdowns. I don't know. The Chiefs are just – they're just too good. They're just too good. And one of my favorite phrases that I've heard about them – oh, and by the way, just of note, Tyreek Hill, 13 receptions, 269 yards, three touchdowns, just a small little thing. Um, I heard something about the Chiefs that I really liked. I really liked this saying about them. And I think it was Dan Orlovsky um, from NFL Live. He was saying that the Chiefs have a lot of bests. They have the best quarterback. No, that, I know. I'm sorry. He said that they have a lot of these. So they have a lot of um, these. And what I mean by that is, or what he meant by that is, Patrick Mahomes, he is the best quarterback in the league. Tyreek Hill is the fastest wide receiver in the league. Travis Kelsey is the best pass-catching tight end in the league. And then Andy Reid is the best offensive play caller in the league. They have a lot of those. And it was one of those things where it was like, you just watch that game and everywhere you look on the field, whether it's Mahomes, whether it's Kelsey, whether it's Edwards, whether it's Le'Veon Bell, whether it's Hill, Sammy Watkins, it it doesn't matter. You just look all across their field and it's like, at some point you just can't cover everybody. You just can't cover everybody. Somebody eventually is going to break free. Maybe you get lucky on one play and you, you stop them or one series where you stop them. But eventually one of the, one of their, these is going to break free. Yeah. Yeah. They just have so many ways to punish you. It as a, a defensive player getting ready and playing against the Kansas city chiefs. It must be, I, I I've heard this saying about, I think it was the masters from uh, golfers. They're like every shot you're playing like you you can either win the tournament or lose the tournament every single shot. And it's the most t- like mentally draining thing you can do. That's what playing Kansas city is. Every single play must be so mentally draining for a team. Even on first down, it's like, okay, well they can play action, run it out. And Tyreek Hill might run right by you. And you might play it great that play, yeah. but the very next play, they can still pop off for a big play. It's like every single play, you yeah. got to be totally honed in to everything that's going on. If you make one mistake, one hesitation, you're getting beat. It's just, oh my gosh. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine doing it. Yeah. And and for the other side, the Buccaneers, you know, we've said it on the show a couple times. The Buccaneers are playing a style of football that just doesn't necessarily suit Tom Brady. And Bruce Arians seems to be – and it's hard. It's hard because we're not there. We're not in the locker room. But, you know, you look at the collection of players that the Buccaneers have and you look at the gift that they were given in Tom Brady and to think that you would do anything other than what he has been doing for his entire career that's won him six Super Bowls is just ludicrous. It's ludicrous why you'd want to just roll the ball around the yard uh, 
and I understand the itch maybe too when to do that when you have Gronk, Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown, and even Scotty Miller. But at the same time, just let Tom Brady be Tom Brady instead of trying to force him to do something that he hasn't really done in his career. And you have Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, two very, very good running backs who, mind you, Ronald Jones only touched the ball nine times, and Leonard Fournette only touched the ball three times. The Bucks have been their best when they've run the ball, and they're just not doing that. And it's just weird. It just seems very, very odd that a team with that collection of players and that good of a defense is only 7-5. and five. Yeah, I mean, there's no shame losing to the Chiefs. We talked about that with the Raiders um, last week. There's, It's just no shame losing. I, I don't think we can take a lot from the Bucks being losing this game. Uh, they put up some fight. The reason they couldn't run it was because Kansas City just got out to that big lead early, right? I mean, yeah, but you, you can't know. run the ball when you're down by almost three scores, right? You need because time is not on your side. Hmm. Well, it's still one of those things where it's just, regardless of this game, even throughout the entire season, there have just been a couple of games where they just seem to refuse to run the ball. And they're just at their best when they run the ball. It's they. You go back to uh, the Buccaneers game, uh, the Buccaneers game, the Panthers, the Panthers game, when they rushed the ball for over thirty times. Ronald Jones touched the ball twenty three times. He ran for one hundred and ninety two yards and one touchdown. Um, they had, like I said, over two hundred rushing yards in that game. And in that same game, Brady threw for three hundred and forty one yards and three touchdowns and no picks. And I 100% believe that that strictly correlates to the run game. I understand that when you go down, it's hard to run the ball, but you got to stick to your formula. And, I, and it's not just this Chief get, Chiefs game. Um, but still, it just seems weird. In the collection of this, this entire season, taking into account the entire season, that that team is only 7-5. and five. But, you know, again, it's hard. We're not in that locker room. Um Last little thing, the Denver Broncos, I said I mentioned it in the beginning of the show. The Denver Broncos, their entire quarterback room was out this week because they just, apparently from what I've heard, one of their quarterbacks tested positive for the coronavirus. And earlier in the week, all of the quarterbacks were in the same room, not wearing their masks. Right. Um, and it's one of those things where I sit there and I go, that's just, that's, that's horrible. If you're the NFL, you're Um, a little happy about it. It's like, yeah, this is why we have these regulations in place. You guys need to follow it or else you're going to end up like Denver. Yeah, and the honestly, I think the NFL, I believe the NFL should come down like super hard on these players. Not Not just just the organization, but just those guys. Yeah, to have the blatant disregard for the protocols that are in place and what a bad look, what a horrible look for a team to not only blatantly dis it'd be one thing if they blatantly disregarded the protocols and nothing came out of it. Like none of them tested positive, but the fact that on top of them disregarding the protocols that one of them actually was sick, what a big, I told you so (laughs) 
by the NFL that they can just go, um, see, <laughs> see right. what happens. We're trying to, we're trying to keep this NFL season up and running and to have players who just go out of their way and go, mm, nah, not going to do that. That's terrible. That's terrible. And for the backup quarterback, cause I believe it was Drew Locke who oh, tested really? positive for the virus. I think, I think it was Drew. I'll double check that. Um, but I believe it was him. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was him. Anyway, for the backup quarterbacks, you know, if you ever wanted a shot to Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, somebody who's trying to get back into the NBA, you needed your second chance. That was your chance. Had you been wearing your mask, you'd have gotten to play. You'd have gotten to play. But everybody, everybody in that locker room went out of their way. Every quarterback in that locker room went out of their way to not wear their mask. And this is what happens. The NFL can point at and go, here, I told you so. Here's massive, massive fines. That's terrible. And they basically, and I was, I, um, it was one of those instances where that game, that game, the outcome of that game and the product on that field suffered greatly because of it. That game was terrible. In all aspects, they sabotaged that game. Well, it might have been terrible regardless. Maybe, <laughs> but that's not the point. <laughs> that's oh, not the that's point. That's so bad. I don't know. If you're, if you're Blake Bortles sitting yeah. there, do you really want to, when you're just starting to grasp? Because he, he just recently <laughs> got there, right? It might have been mm-hmm. two or three weeks that he's been there. Do you really want to go out there with this Denver Broncos lineup against the Saints? Yes, because you, you want to play. Put that film out there. You need to put some uh, film out there. You need to put any film out there. Is bad film better than no film? I mean, because the thing is for him is he already has film over the years. He's just trying to like reshow everybody. And actually, that would have been a perfect storm for him. Because what if he goes out there and plays well? against the New Orleans Saints team that is very good and does have a good defense. That would have been the perfect film or perfect chance for him to go, look, I can still play. I just got here. And I went out there and threw for 250 yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions. Right. That would have been the perfect you're, chance. You're right, Jason. You're, I'm you're always killing right. it Thank this you. episode. <laughs> Let's just take a little I'm time out right. and say, put, pat yourself on the back, dude. I, I'm, it's a huge pat on the back now. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then also the last little thing about, uh, and actually we didn't talk anything about college football, but a congrats to Sarah Fuller from mm-hmm. Vanderbilt, who was the first female to play in a men's, um, I think it was yeah. a power five conference game, um, and, uh, kicked the second half kickoff. Um, that was great. That was great to see. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Awesome. And I, I, I think if there is ever going to be a time when women can play in the NFL or college football, like having kickers who can just boot it, that'd be the perfect spot. The perfect spot or punters. Right. I feel like that is definitely, definitely the perfect, Maybe the a perfect way to incorporate that. A yeah. Place. Yeah. Because long snappers can't get slammed, I don't think. So. Right. Um. So there you go. Yeah. So congratulations to her and congrats to Vanderbilt for, uh, yeah, hopefully for doing this that. just paves the way for I, more. 
Exactly. Um, all right, let's get into some picks. Let's get into some picks for next weekend. Does that sound good? Just let's get into it, dude. Let's turn this up. Let's do it. So five and seven. Five and seven. Sam is up. I gotta make up make up some ground. So I'm gonna do it by picking the Saints Perfect. over the Falcons. Same. Awesome. All right, let's go Titans yep. over the Browns. That'll be a good game too. That's two eight and three teams. I think one team is decisively better than the other. I think one team is better than the other, but we keep looking at the Browns and yes, they're yeah, they winning, lost the Raiders. Uh, like, That's like against nothing. big name teams. Or whatever. <laughs> we have the Lions and the Bears. Oh, that's awful. Um, I'll take, I'll give take me the, the Lions. Bears. Okay. I got you, Jenna. Me and the Bears. Oh. Well, Jenna, I gave you a shout out earlier, so screw your team. Um, Bengals and the Dolphins. You got the Dolphins mm-hmm. over the Bengals. Give me the Colts over the Texans. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings over the Jaguars. Yep. Oh, God, the Raiders are playing the Jets. If they lose again, I got the Raiders, but my God. Yeah, that's an easy that's an easy one. Um, Seahawks over yep. the Giants. A lot of very simple, straightforward games. Rams-Cardinals. Cardinals are at home. Who won, who won the first one, Rams? Um, let's take a peek, Please, shall if you we? would. Um, they haven't Whoa. played this year. Hmm. This is their first matchup, and they also meet in the, their last games of the season. Who won last year? So there you go. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I need that. This is pivotal for my information. Pivotal. Um, I'm going to go Rams. They're both coming off, both coming off tough losses. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll pick the Cardinals. Why not? Just because I think we're we're gonna need to be uh different. I'll take the cards. Um, Patriots and the Chargers. This is such. How are the Chargers favored? Probably because the page. I don't. Well, I don't know. <laughs> um... At home, the Chargers are at home. That's tough. I'm gonna go Patriots. Uh, I'll take the Chargers just because I want to. I don't feel good about it. It's kind of a toss up um, game. Yeah, I don't necessarily feel great about it, but whatever. We'll go Packers over the Eagles. I get the Chiefs over the Broncos. Game. Yeah, that's really bad. Um, Give me the Steelers over Washington. Oh, I didn't see that one. Um, I said it earlier. Give me Washington. All right. Give it to me. All right. We got. I'll take the Bills over the Niners. Um, I I'm not. All right. I'm glad you did that because now we're awesome. five games. And then we have the Ravens and the Cowboys. I'll take the Ravens. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was Jenna sent me something. Did some gossip. Mm, well, that's not important because we're Hey, whoa, 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 so. whoa, whoa. Listeners, did you did you hear him? Yeah. This is what I have to deal with yeah. off air. He seems all nice and chipper on air, but off air he's 
awful. Let me tell you, we don't even we don't even. What do you mean? Off air. This is the only time. Even though we just went the only time. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, we still have to do because I was playing well yesterday, and I'm just I'm I'm feeling feeling good. good. Um. Anyway, so Sam. Uh, we're done with the football stuff. Not a ton else going on. So I figured, I figured just for the last yeah. couple minutes of the show, um, we can indulge a couple people who've been watching uh, some TV. I finally you caught did? up on The Mandalorian. I did. So I figured for the last couple minutes, we could we could nerd out a little bit about The Mandalorian. Anybody else who uh, has been watching the show, feel free to stay. If you haven't, uh, that'll probably be the end of our sports uh, part of the show. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Mandalorian, and I have—I uh, finally get to uh, have a conversation with you about it because I'm now caught any up. Other sport? I mean, the oh, uh, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. That was Mike Tyson looked actually pretty good. Did you watch it? Yeah, it I was, saw some highlights. It, was, it definitely looked like there was an agreement that no man was going to hurt the other, but Mike looked scared. I wouldn't get within like twenty feet of him. He would no. murder me. No, never. But yeah, he looked—he looked good. He looked in a lot better shape than what I've seen. You know what? And actually, and actually, I—the similarities between the Jake Paul and the Nate Robinson uh, fight and the Raiders <laughs> Falcons game are drastically similar. <laughs> Yo, you did. You showed me a meme of that of the the Raiders no, I one. Did, the, did the, I? the Raiders were Nate Robinson on the ground and the Falcons were Jake Paul. I could have sworn you should. I, no, mean, I don't know. That's, that's gotta be. Maybe, maybe I did. Maybe that's I did. I don't know, but no. um, yeah, you'd think it would have to be out there somewhere. Um, But yeah, so I, I guess if you didn't watch the Raiders Falcons game and you happen to watch that fight, it looked pretty Except much like that. The Raiders didn't last till the second round. <laughs> no, they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, that was pretty well, much the sports the, weekend. Um, the, so the, match, the third installment of the match, it was not as good. It was a lot. It was a lot. No, I didn't really watch that did show up. He was supposed to be like the <laughs> pro between Steph and Peyton, but and Peyton didn't play nearly as well. Which was just it was right. yeah it was it was all right. I mean seeing. <laughs> Charles Shank shots was pretty funny, but they had shot tracers on some of his, and they just go straight right. And it was like, holy cow, I've never seen right. that on like a professionally televised event. Um, and the trash talking mm-hmm. was pretty funny, but it just sucked that it wasn't very competitive. Yeah. But I mean, did you really expect it to Steph be super competitive? And Peyton were favored. I don't understand. They were favored against the only pro, the only guy to win a major golf championship. And they were slighting him. Yeah, I don't I understand guess it was that more at all. Because people thought that yeah. Charles was going to play bad, but he played really well. All he had to do was hit his tee shot in the fairway, which, I mean, yeah, easier said than done. But, <laughs> and then let Phil just hit bombs near the green. And Charles putted really yeah. well for a big man. Yeah. That's our that's our analysis. I think we could take Charles though. 
I definitely think we can take Charles. <laughs> I know we can take Charles, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I saw a couple highlights, and I didn't want to watch it because there weren't two pros competing against each other. I wanted, like, the Tiger-Phil thing was interesting because you thought if, I mean, I the thought was, I guess, in my head was that if anything, we can watch Tiger and Phil sort of battle it out. And since there wasn't two pro golfers, I, I don't know, it didn't appeal as right. much to me. So, even though Peyton is always, he's always fun to listen to. Yeah, he was, he was throwing some shade at Charles's way, which was pretty nice. Um, but he just wasn't playing well enough to talk enough shit. Which was too bad. And Phil was like, <laughs> Charles could do anything on his own. Phil had to tell him everything to do. <laughs> it was so funny. Charles would. He would he it's would fun to up, listen to, to Phil, green, though. Or walk up to the tee, and Phil would be like, hey, is that a seven iron? And Charles was like, no, it's, it's, I was thinking six. And he was like, go get your seven iron. This <laughs> is a grown man getting told what to hit. This is so funny. Well, I mean, if you, if anybody is going to tell you what to hit, I feel oh, like I'd listen to, to I'd listen to yeah, I'd pull my driver out. He'd be like, no, 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 no. Put that away. <laughs> Put that away. <laughs> that you're not, you're not yes, sir. That all today. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Get into it. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it raised a lot of money and that's really yeah. all it was for anyway. So true. Um, all right. Tell me, dude. Mando time. Um, do you want the good or the bad? Was there any bad? I feel like there's a little bad. Okay, start with the little bad. The little bad. Um, the one, uh, spoilers, by the way, for anybody. So we'll just put that out there right now. Uh, Um, go, go watch the Mandalorian right now. They have been, but And then come back. Yeah. Um... I'd say the one gripe, the one gripe that I've had and that I recently had with the most recent uh, episode, I should say, the one when Ahsoka showed up, um, was the final okay. fight. Was the final fight. After watching all mm-hmm. of the Clone Wars and watching Ahsoka just take out countless numbers of soldiers and watching her go toe-to-toe. I know you didn't sure, watch Toto, Toto, Um. Well, when toe to toe with Darth Maul, beat him. Watch him. Watched her do that. That last fight. That last fight with whatever the chick's name was, who was wielding the that spear. Ma- the magistrate. The magistrate. Yeah, magistrate. Magistrate. Straight. Something. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Something like that. Um. That should have ended. Well, I'll, way t- I'll tell you this, dude. Way sooner. It's because she couldn't kill her. Because she needed the information that she had. Yes, it does. It doesn't that matter. Is... She had a disarm. It doesn't. No, 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 no. All she would have had to do, and it's the same argument that you make for Superman against fighting against somebody like Batman, where you go, well, if Superman was actually trying, there wouldn't be a Batman versus Superman movie. But it's one of those things where, and I'm all good with the spear not being able to be cut by a lightsaber. I think that's cool that there's a metal out there that can't be cut by a lightsaber. I think that that's needed. Um, just for clarification, but, it's Beskar. 
it's the it's the same thing that yeah. the Mandalorian's armor. Yeah, Mandalorian. If we're gonna if we're gonna of, dive yeah. in, we gotta dive in full head first. Right. So I'm all good with that. I think that's a unique touch. But as soon as she realized that that was the case, I don't know why she didn't just take ten steps back and just force pull yeah, right I, out of her hand, or just throw her up against right. the wall. But you know why? She, it's one of those you know things. It, it was like, oh, cool. like they're trying to entertain. They're trying to make a TV show that looks nice. <laughs> no, I think that would have been badass if she had gone. Oh wow, this isn't working. All right, and then throw her up sad. against the wall. Actually, been kind of like a badass mode if she. If like the the magistrate pulls out that spear and like they're they're like in their um they're about to duel, and Ahsoka just force pulls the spear out of her hand, is like now what are you gonna do? Yeah, and it's one of yeah, it's one of those things where it's like if you're gonna like you watch Ahsoka come off of the Clone Wars, and if you're trying to hype her up as this badass character who survived Order sixty six, there's no reason in the world why why she should have had at least some trouble with. Um, that uh, that magistrate uh, character. I feel like it would have been awesome for Ahsoka not even to pull out her no, uh, oh, lightsaber. Like the magistrate to just have no, literally just to stand there and have the magistrate pull out the spear and be like, "All right," and then throw up. It's like the scene from mm-hmm. Indiana Jones where that guy's waving yeah. around the the sword for like a minute, and then Indy's like, "Yeah, whatever," and shoots him. It right. would have been like well, that. I think. The reason you don't do that because fans have been waiting for a live action Ahsoka for so long, and you just want to give her as much things to do as possible. And right, and I thought that that opening scene was in the end where she's just that. going through the town and just lighting up people, just slicing and dicing. Yeah, I the the opening scene where she cut that stormtrooper through this uh, tree and then pushed the part that she uh, cut towards somebody else and the tree fell that was beautiful yeah i think they did they did a really good job i mean she looks exactly like um what she would be in real life i feel like they did a really good job with that uh her lightsabers are pretty sick the the white yeah they are um lightsabers are pretty sick yeah and the little the little dagger Um, one was cool uh yeah i mean she's and you also gotta think too this is her after she went 1v1 against Darth Vader. And right, like Darth she's <laughs> one of the best lightsaber wielders in the galaxy as of this point. Um, yeah. So I just don't think she was trying very hard, to be honest. I don't think she was either, but I still think that they, they had an opportunity to do something really, like, badass and have her go, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> and... Um, I feel like she could have force pushed everybody at the beginning when she walked into the town. Everybody was standing. Yeah, she there. really <laughs> did them a kind courtesy to give them one day. <laughs> she yeah, could have just did. jumped up there and snap it up, stop, slice them up. Yeah, pretty much. But it was cool to see her, and it was cool to see a lightsaber on the show. Um, hopefully, hopefully, I mean. You'd, it's hard to tell how big of a role she's going to play in this season or if they're setting her up for, like, next season. I don't know. But it was still really cool to see her because she was one of the best parts of the Clone Wars. She's, like, the far. main character of the Clone Wars. Pretty much. If you take Pretty away much. Rex and 
I mean, I'd say Obi-Wan and about Anakin the are... It's more about the clones than... Yeah, I mean, but they're in it a lot. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> did you watch Rebels? Yeah. Oh. Well, no. the, the person that she's trying to find, that uh, Admiral... I forgot I forgot the name of it. Um, but he was in Rebels. He's like a pretty high... Oh, okay. High up... Uh, person in the Empire. Was she... She was. was she That's when Rebels? she fought Darth, Darth Vader. Oh, okay. So she did fight Anakin, well, then. She fought Vader. Anakin's dead. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know she was in Rebels. Was Rebels as was, good as Cold Wars? I don't... Here's... Um, it felt like it was more for kids, but they, um, they yeah. stepped it up. Yeah, Clone Wars definitely had its moments where I was like, "This is really oh, dark," yeah. especially the final season, right? Uh, the final season, yeah, was it? Well, from season four on, like the the season when I the the season that I felt it really took a turn was when they were in season four and they opened it up when they were in the underwater city with like those shark people. That was the season where I was like, oh, God, like, this is turning into, like, if this was, like, live action, this would be, like, right. rated R. <laughs> um, and then from that point forward, it just felt very um, adult. How's uh, how's Game of Thrones going? So, it's going what? well. It's going well. We are on season three, episode, okay. like, eight, I think. So, we're a couple, se- we're a couple episodes okay. away from season four. It's good. It's good. And I said it from, you know, it was one of those things where one of the characters that I was talking to Bree about at the beginning of the show that for some reason, like, I didn't feel like I should have liked him. I didn't feel like I should have uh-huh. liked Jamie because he pushed Bran out the window. But at the same time, every time he was on screen, I was like, dude, I just can't help he right but, like, not. He is. So he just went back to rescue Brienne from the bear. Yeah, so now he's mm-hmm. on his way back to his with dad. Brienne. So they got they got um, yeah they all interacted with the Boltons, and you know who that guy is, yeah. right? Well, that that character. actor, the dude with the long hair well, right, who long. cut off his hand, the, the Bolton, uh, Bruce Bolton. He's the the Lord. He's yeah, supposed to be with uh, yeah, Rob. yeah, yeah, Rob. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's 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 all good so far. But I I, I find myself liking Jamie more and more each episode, and I keep oh, telling Bria, I was like, oh, I don't. I was the bathtub. I didn't think when they're when they're the, the bath, like oh bath the one house. with yeah he told her Killed why the, he the king. Killed yeah. the, the king. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was one. That's yeah, like I was sitting there. And I was some like, of yep, the best well, acting. I uh, in the whole show. Yeah, that was really good. That was really good, and you really feel for him too. Cause I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, <laughs> I can't say that he was wrong. <laughs> it the, like the two things, the two things on the show that you could say were when I guess you never really knew up until that point how bad 
I mean, you knew why he got called the Kingslayer, but you didn't really have any context for it necessarily. Um, so listening to him talk about it, I was like, okay, well, yeah, I would have been a Kingslayer too. And then, so the only indictment on him is, you know, pushing Bran out the window, but, you know, who hasn't done something right. kind of dirtbag on the show? Who hasn't so. kid? John. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's probably the one character who hasn't changed much. He still he still knows nothing. Yet. <laughs> yeah, apparently. According it's according great. to his lady. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm glad we got those sure. updates. So so yeah, a couple updates on the show for anybody who uh wanted to listen to it. Um. All right, let's go play some Apex. Yeah, that's, that, I think that's everything from us. Pretty, pretty tame week in the sports world. Anything coming up? Mm. Uh, NBA preseason games December, are coming up very soon. Like tenth, eleventh, very, very soon. Yeah, very soon. And by the way, the Kings have three nationally televised what? preseason games. Woo! Dude, Saints. Yeah. So. That didn't make any sense. Yeah, they only had yeah, same. Um, they uh, they only had one nationally televised game all last season. Now they have three nationally televised preseason games. Dude, I hope games. they win every. Oh. I hope they go undefeated this preseason. <laughs> Me too, because you know what's going to happen, right? They'll go undefeated in the preseason, and then they'll lose ten straight oh, to open perfect. the season. It'll be great. I, I yeah. really don't yeah. know what to expect from the Kings this year, but I don't I expect anything. I don't know. Be healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Let's get one. Let's get one win. That's all oh, I'm asking. Oh, nice! Just now one. you can't be disappointed. <laughs> Breaking exactly. news: well, Kings go um, I would never film a podcast again. They would, they would have to be the worst professional sports team out of any team in history. If a basketball team went winless, yeah. like the Lakers mm-hmm. are resting LeBron, AD, Schroeder, Kuzma, and still beating them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh god! You and I would have to be out there uh, playing. Uh, I don't know if that's a solution. No, I'm. Oh, saying, that's like, that's the that's only cause. <laughs> uh, dude, you're, yeah. you're selling yourself short, Jason. Come on, man. You uh, you were what a uh, player of the month at Roseville. You uh, you gave a you, you dialed up a lot of dimes. You know, you were you were you were good for two points every game, for sure. You're making you me were sound good like for I didn't three do points, anything. actually. A nice breakaway layup and one of two at the free throw line. Every game. Well, and I was good for about 15 or 20 with YBA, but thankfully Roseville decided not to uh, run the same offense. And yeah, my offensive production went down. But I was still, I still led the team in assists every year. I still led the team in charges, and I still uh, had the most rebounds by uh, any guard. So I'll just tell you right now, I did other things. And that was hard to score on. I was very hard to score on. Oh, hey, whoa! 
Whoa, whoa. Two points the entire game. Whoa, Two points the entire game. That, dude. That's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cut me, cut me where that. it's deep. 